1: What's up everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drollet. And together we form Pointer and Middle, otherwise known as First Team.
0: I thought these were the two dogs from where the red fern grows for a second. <laughs> I mean pointer, that sort of was a thing. I don't know where middle yeah, was it going. Sounds like a dog.
1: Yeah. All right, where is this from from though? It's from hangboarding.
0: Oh, pointer and middle. Jesus. <laughs> fuck um
1: you are blowing these left and right i was like this is some obscure hip-hop group um (laughs) terrible names oh man pointer and middle okay (laughs) (laughs) is a rough day all right what are we talking about today well we're talking about hangboarding and the top five reasons why hangboarding is overrated Mm -hmm. and we just sort of had a little argument here because you're like, well, it's overrated because it's popular. And I'm like, I know that's why we're talking about it.
0: I feel like it's still worth saying.
1: (laughs) It is. So we're saying it. It is. It's popular. It's trendy. It's, it's the thing to do, especially Mm -hmm. one arm hangs right now. Yeah. We're going to have a whole nother top 15 reasons why you shouldn't be hanging on one arm. Um, And maybe some top reasons why you should. Yeah. But but hangboarding is super popular, super trendy, and honestly kind of has been and has been growing since maybe before, but I think it kind of reached its its new age of trendiness with the rock prodigy. Yeah. And everybody was doing repeaters. And oh, repeaters yeah. repeaters were the thing, and they were the only way to get better. And why are you guys even bouldering in here? this is a repeater room. It was a repeater room. You know, that's, that's how it felt at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think lately, um, Lattice has been doing a bunch of good work yeah. with getting people strong and a lot of that is based on the hangboard and it's just gotten really, really popular and really trendy. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't like it. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... It goes without saying, there's a reason it's been popular.
0: Yeah. Um, for sure. Hangboarding works. Um, finger strength's important. Like, yeah. as much yeah. as I like preaching that this is a skill sport and things like that, and that's very mental, shit, man, strong fingers go a long way in this game.
1: They do. And, you know, you're probably listening to this on your pocket supercomputer, and you've probably already seen that at the same time as we released this episode, we released another, which is the antithesis of this episode the top five reasons why you should be hangboarding um you know so we we use the tool we like the tool um but it is a tool and it's not it's not a cure-all for everything panacea Um, yes so these are the top five reasons why hangboarding is overrated Mm -hmm. our number five is it's just too damn easy to go past the minimum effective dose. And it's kind of funny because one of the reasons I like hangboarding is because of its ease of use. Mm. Before we go, you want to explain real quick what minimum effective dose is?
0: Good plan. Do that. Um, oh, I'm doing it. Uh, so minimum <laughs> effective dose is basically what is the least amount you need to do of something um, in order to get the result, the desired outcome.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. So you can you could spend a hundred hours doing it, but if you only need to spend ten hours, that's ninety hours past the minimum effective dose. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, one of the things I love about the hangboard is its ease of use. But that's also one of the things I don't like about it, is it's too easy to take it overboard. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go to the gym tonight, so I'm just going to stay here and hangboard. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. And it's just really easy to keep it going and feel like you made gains. Uh, I need more gains. Oh, man. and Gains with three Zs. So many gains. (laughs) When you first hangboard, it's amazing. Like, you see
0: immediate results. Mm -hmm. Like, you come in the next week and your hands are stronger. Yeah, It's so cool. So it is, I mean, I've fallen for this. It's so easy to do more than you should or more than just as necessary i mean and the thing is you can do you know 15 hours a week hangboarding and it's going to be you're probably going to get stronger than if you just did like 30 minutes but you know
1: there's a give and take um yeah so i think we're going to run through this these both kind of quickly since we're putting two episodes out in the same day Mm -hmm. but that's our number five it's too easy to go past that minimum effective dose
0: yeah uh, and one other thing just to add to it is that fingerboarding and, and honestly a lot of strength training in general it's should be viewed as supplemental strength right so these are things that supplement your climbing um, and where this is a good transition into of our later well, let, me, let
1: me ask this, actually. Mm-hmm. We're apparently going to spend a lot of time on these. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it short. Is there a such thing as minimum effective dose for finger strength? If finger strength is one of the main components of climbing, why is there a minimum effective dose? Like, why would I stop hangboarding if I'm getting more finger strength?
0: Because there's so many things that go into climbing, yeah, um, and... You know, if you only have so many hours, so much energy, you know, you have to allocate it accordingly. And this is one of the reasons why I think when Ava Lopez put out a research paper and talked about the minimum edge and maximum added weight and suggested this, like, this was a very simple template that was very time effective. Yeah. And if nothing else, like, to me, that's a really great minimum effective dose. It's max, it's anywhere from three to five hangs, depending on how many weeks you're into it. Um. But it's great. It's super quick, and a lot of people get a bunch of bang for their buck. Yep. Is it perfect? No. Does it, can you do it forever? No. But for but a really, it is the
1: best hangboard protocol. Yes, Ava. And you should listen to our episode on that because it definitely is. Yes, <laughs> listen to the episode with
0: Ava Lopez. Um, but it's really great because it doesn't take much input, but you get plenty out of it. Yeah. And you know that's great. That's what we're looking for. If we can have these small investments and have a big outcome out of them. Perfect. Like as long as you're still moving the needle forward, then I say that's great. Um, And that's, you know, that's a good way to go. Like sometimes you might need to reallocate your time into different areas depending on your strengths and weaknesses. But like this uh, point said, it's really easy to go beyond minimum effective dose or even just, yeah, like what is useful in our sport.
1: Yep. You had a really, you were about to embark on this really elegant way to go into the next one before I tanked you. So do you remember how you were going to do that?
0: Um, no, cause I was going to skip to number three. <laughs>
1: I knew what chance. I was doing and then I looked down and that's why I kind of paused <laughs> and you like cut in. It was good
0: timing. Um,
1: no, I think, I think one of the reasons that people do go overboard with it is because of its measurability and that's our number four mm-hmm. is that it's it's really measurable. That's attractive.
0: That's great because rock climbing is not. Like, grades are stupid. <clears throat> They're really yeah. weird. They are dependent on so many odd things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, the gym I, I spent a lot of time climbing at in Cincinnati, Rock Quest put up a post today on Facebook about, do you prefer hard for the grade routes or soft for the grade routes? And I'm like, I don't know anybody who can tell the difference. So, eh, does it matter? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it you know, and that's just it. Like, no matter where you go, grades are silly. Like indoors, outdoors. Yeah. Um, and people mm. like people will get upset over if it can be circuits, and people are like that's not a red boulder. You know, and I mean, I do it too. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. Sure. And there's times I'm like, for sure, motherfuckers, like this isn't green. This is mm. definitely red. <laughs> like, it's a like it's such a silly thing. Yeah. And what's not silly is being able to have recordable numbers that yeah. you can put down in an Excel spreadsheet and a journal mm-hmm. and you can say, I added two pounds today Yeah, and that. Like I haven't added any weight in two weeks. So this was a better day.
1: And because it's science, you can completely remove all of the other things like humidity and how much you slept and all of those things that might be contributing to how you didn't perform very well yesterday, but today you suddenly got wildly stronger and it can look like hangboarding made all the difference. And that was the big measurable thing, you know. And honestly, like you said, grades aren't that measurable. Climbing isn't that measurable. And I think if you're a person who's predisposed to being really attracted to that measurability.
0: Mm-hmm. Engineers, statisticians, number know, of people in general.
1: Yeah. Then maybe what you need to be embracing to improve your climbing is the more nebulous side of it and trying to understand that a little better instead of just diving down this rabbit hole. Um, I think it can be helpful.
0: Yeah. You know, and this isn't to trash on measuring things at all. Like Engineers, engineer. No, definitely not.
1: Oh um, <laughs> no. Like, and man, I love talking, but you with... can trash on statisticians. Let's be honest here. Yes.
0: Um, I don't even know what that means, but (laughs) you know, I love talking with people who are obsessed with measuring because they have really cool insights into things. Um, and I think the biggest warning we're trying to give right now is if you're the person that you already have multiple Excel spreadsheets for everything and you know, you have all these data graphs and all that, sometimes it might be worth just taking a step back and saying, Hey, like, am I putting too much value in this because I can track it? Yep. Or, <clears> you know, am I just taking it to the right, right degree? Because there are plenty of people, they're amazing at, with numbers, they track things perfectly, and they're great. And you know what? They're hitting the right minimum effective dose, and it's wonderful. Totally. like, And that's great. However, if also, if you're one of these people who you listen, you're like, I don't track shit, I've never kept a journal, you're also one of those people that probably needs to be tracking things. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and that's why, you know, you and I are people that really like to talk practice and mindset and process and all of that. Mm -hmm. And we've also got, uh, Dale, our data guy who is looking at all the numbers from the assessments and putting it all together and telling us what the numbers mean and why we should be paying attention to certain numbers and because they're valuable. Yeah, man, I, I think numbers are incredibly valuable, but either one of the two can, go too far
0: totally you you should be measuring things you should be tracking things um keeping metrics but yeah like one way or the other like doing none of that or doing where everything has to be trackable yeah like you can drive yourself crazy
1: yeah and since this episode is basically top five ways we can hate on hangboarding um for those people who really love the measurability of it our number 3 reason and this is exactly why you should embrace the more nebulous side of of climbing is that climbing is a skill sport mm-hmm. whether you like it or not no amount of finger strength is going to get get you up a route get you up every route if you don't know how to climb you know i mean dave graham is one of the best technical climbers we've ever known he Mm -hmm. also has incredible finger strength so amazing combo it's not a bad thing to have yeah you know but i know lots of people who have incredible finger strength who can't climb for shit Mm -hmm. and it shows they're not climbing at dave graham's level yeah great
0: climbers have great finger strength but having great finger strength doesn't make you a great climber
1: right um and frankly having great skills also doesn't make you a great climber no you know you need you need both things, yeah. but needing both means that one can't go too far. Totally. Um, and actually, there's something kind of cool.
0: So Will England recently put out a blog post called Hangboarding Away, yep. and Great kind of talked on his philosophy on hangboarding and training and a lot of different things, and he posted it to Reddit, and there were a bunch of back and forth, um, some really cool dialogue. And one thing that he talked about was he, before his – trip to switzerland and uh early went or early 2019 had really dove into getting strong like he pushed his numbers really hard hangboarding yep. campusing, hang, things like that and i remember talking <clears throat> with him before he went and he was just like dude i feel so strong oh, yeah. like I'm i got smashing. texts from him
1: about it yeah
0: yeah and he went to switzerland and i didn't hear much about it and then it wasn't until actually reading this blog that uh, or not the blog, but him on Reddit, he was just like, yeah, like I put my head down and I really like chased those numbers. And when I went for the first time in my life, I was just owning holds, but I wasn't finding the positions. Like, yeah, I was trying mm-hmm. to cl- like overpower everything because I had, you know, pulled back my climbing a little bit to really ramp these numbers up. And his strength had gone up so quickly that he didn't know how to apply it well.
1: Yeah. Steve Mage said the same exact thing in one of the podcast episodes with him. Yeah. That Lattice had told him his finger strength was shit. And he made his finger strength much, much better. Mm-hmm. And he went on a trip and just couldn't move between the holds. He yeah. said he could hold everything, couldn't move between them. Yeah. So
0: kind of chasing one thing so far that... Um, you know you leave the other things behind so taking any you know it's like anything we don't want to take things to an extreme um
1: yeah and i don't think you know I've, i've heard people say that if you get too strong your technique falls apart or something you know and that's utter nonsense that's totally not true where they get that from is because the people who are getting strong are taking it too far And they're, Mm. they're only focused on that. And they're forgetting that climbing is a skill sport. So having a healthy balance of both strength and skill is really, really important.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, we've talked about this before, but this idea of currency, like how current are your skills? Yeah. Like you can be an amazing climber with like, you know, a good example when I was in Smith a few years ago, um, Mark Anderson was there. He Mm -hmm. had just climbed shadow boxing and he came out and he wanted to do just do it. So a full letter grade below what he had just climbed. He came out, he had two weeks and I saw him on his last day. And I was like, you know, like, hey, how's it going this first time we met? And we talked about it. He was like, yeah, I had a really hard time. Like, he was like, I came back, I underestimated how intense the footwork is here. He's like, I completely forgot. And this is a guy who's climbed to bolt or not to be right. And Mark Anderson's climbed a lot of the most hard technical sport climbs. He's a brilliant
1: technical rock climber.
0: Amazing. Like one of the best in the nation, but this was a, this was different. Like climbing at Smith was different. And he was like, yeah, like I Mm. didn't give enough respect to using the bad feet here in this style. And I rushed in a little too fast. And so for him, his currency in that style, even though he was the fittest he'd ever been in his life, you know, it just wasn't quite there. Um,
1: Yep. Needed, needed to brush up on the skills a little bit. Yeah. And I think we all make that mistake. Oh, totally. Um, you know, there are times when I'm diving deeper down the strength rabbit hole, like I am right now. Mm -hmm. And there are times like, you know, much of the last several training seasons that I've dived deeper down the skill rabbit hole. Um, the important thing is you're just trying to spend more time working on what you need and, climbing is a skill sport so don't forget about it.
0: Yeah, and finding that balance like cuz even if you are focusing on skill, you should still be getting stronger. Yeah. Or if you're trying to get stronger, still make sure you're keeping current with your skills. Yeah,
1: and climbing climbing is also important for your finger strength. I mean, it's how you're how you use it, mm-hmm. frankly. So finger strength is nothing if you don't know how to apply it. And that's our number 2 is that You can gain finger strength elsewhere through climbing, through bouldering. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear lots of people, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, is hearing people say that you shouldn't be just bouldering in this training plan. You should also be hangboarding because you need finger strength. Well, if a person is starting from a really low level of finger strength and they're spending time bouldering, their fingers are going to get stronger. Yeah. Um, even a an intermediate or advanced level of finger strength you've still got quite a bit of room to grow that you can get through bouldering it's not quite as measurable Mm -hmm. it's not nearly as measurable Um, but it can happen lots of boulders i don't know how many times fred nicole has been on a hangboard but probably less than a lot of 511 climbers i know and I'm guessing Fred's finger strength is better than 5.11 level. Um, You know, he got it through bouldering Mm -hmm. and trying to pull on little tiny holds over and over and over, which sounds really similar to hangboarding, frankly.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, and this kind of pairs well with uh, the whole minimum effective dose because a little bit of hangboarding is great and it's wonderful and it's supplemental. Um, But, yeah, you can get fucking diesel hands just by trying really hard on climbs. And I think for a lot of people, hangboarding can be kind of an escape from trying hard. Mm. Um, and this is like, yeah. not many people want to admit this, but you look at the people who get really strong hands without hanging and without campus boarding and the thing they all have in common, and it's not just like simply genetics, it's, man, they can try really, <clears throat> really hard. Yeah.
1: Like BJ Tilden is a great example. He can try really, really hard. He's got really fucking strong hands and he doesn't hang board. You know, he has, why? He has no reason to. He got really strong fingers through climbing. Yeah. Like
0: trying short, hard climbs that mm-hmm. are really aggressive, <clears throat> making sure you're well rested so that you can give good efforts. Like there are a lot of things you can do to really improve your hand strength yep. through climbing. And that's something that I, yeah, I think gets missed out on a lot.
1: Yeah. And frankly, you know, if you're someone like a a red river climber who you aren't gaining tons of finger strength, once you're at the 512, 513 level, you're not going to gain a lot of finger strength climbing at the red. Um, And honestly, I would, instead of just putting you straight onto a hangboard, if you have the time and energy to put toward it, I would rather see you bouldering and learning to do more powerful moves, grab and use smaller holds, do big pulls between smaller holds instead of just learning to hang on bad holds.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if we're really going to dive into it, um, if we're looking at specificity, a hangboard is really not that specific. Yeah. Like, yes, it's much more specific than like a gripper or rice bucketing or barbell finger rolls, but you're pulling on completely statically very slowly in this fixed position. Both your hands are like pronated, like And like everything's lined up perfectly, you know, and then you're just hanging there for like 10 seconds. Like you're not pulling with your arms or anything. It is nothing like climbing, right? Like, yes, it uses your fingers. It kind of stops there. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one thing that I do like about one arm, one arm hangs or a couple other things because you're starting to get a little more specific. But uh, yeah, like climbing is the most specific thing you can do when it comes to getting better at climbing so yeah, absolutely like hard limit bouldering mm-hmm. like few really hard moves lots of rest like you're going to get a lot more out of that and more direct transfer than you are from hangboarding
1: yeah actually you know to you and i went bouldering this morning on one of my big projects right now the giving tree and while there i was thinking man instead of hangboarding before i come here i should just pull into these positions and try to hold these positions isometrically, you know, for eight seconds. If I could hold some of those tensiony positions for eight seconds, I can damn, damn well do the boulder, mm. <laughs> you know, cause I'm trying to get in and out of those positions as fast as possible. And that's going to be way more specific for my needs on this boulder than hanging on a hangboard. Yeah. So, and you know, our, our number one, and this one is especially dangerous, I think. And I see it happening a lot today. Um, I see it on the internet a lot. i am falling for it for sure. Yeah. That finger strength becomes the end goal or the primary asset that you rely on. And, and all of these things sort of lead into this. They all bleed into each other. Um, but the goal is to climb better, mm-hmm. you know, or to climb harder, however yeah. you want to look at it. Big numbers. <laughs> That's what the, I'm going for. The goal for. is to win on a day. Yeah. That's the goal. And, and you have to, like Dan John, another former podcast guest, said, the goal is to keep the goal the goal. Mm-hmm. And if climbing better is the goal, then finger strength can't be the end goal. But a lot of people make it that way. Yeah, it's a wonderful tool, man. It's a great side goal of saying like, "I
0: want my fingers stronger." Yeah. To me, how this manifests, and this is something I've fallen for, is, you know, let's say I do some hang, like some hanging. I go through a round of it, or I just focus on climbing, getting my hands really strong, and then I have some success.
1: Yeah. And I go out, I send because you've already got good skills.
0: Um. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Hopefully. But let's say I have like great success from that. And then yep. I go out and I try another project and yep. I fail my immediate, and this happened to me, has happened to me like multiple times. I, I'll be like, oh, my hands aren't as
1: strong, aren't I strong need, enough. I need stronger hands. Yep. And
0: it's so easy. I mean, our hands are right in front of our eyes. They're really close to our brain. And you're staring at them when you fell off. Yeah. Because that's I fall, what we all do. stare at my hands. I'm like, <laughs> why did you let me down? You failed me. You failed me again. It's so, it's such an easy trap to say my hands just aren't strong enough. Yeah. And, you know, I was, we were talking today when I was at the boulder about, I, like one thing I think is, was really cool when I was a newer climber, like even up through like my first like five and six years, I always saw climbing <laughs> as a puzzle. Yeah. Um, and I wish I would have learned about finger tra- like fingerboarding and physical training earlier. Um, that's something I wish I could have found the minimum effective dose sooner and supplemented that in, but To me, it was always a puzzle. It was, what can I do different? How can I change? How can I climb better to solve these problems? Um, And, you know, I even chased that to an extreme, to some degree. Um, But now it's so easy, like, for a while, my initial go-to, a lot of times, like, I'm not strong enough, or like, my hands just can't hold this, or I need more core tension. And, you know, I kind of lost sight of, how do I do this better? Like, how... What are the positions I need to be in? Like mm-hmm. how can I change my breathing, my pace, my tension, my speed, all these different things. Um,
1: you know, yeah, that and go into you it. You know, a lot of that's because of the measurability of it. Yeah. It's really easy to go straight back to that and be like, Okay, I'm at this number here I need to get to this number to improve these V grades, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a trap, man. Yeah. It's a trap. And I mean, look I'll say
0: this right now. If I took the holds off of any of my projects all across the world and replace them all with jugs, I'd send all of them, Yeah, which I could easily then say, well, that means (laughs) if I have stronger fingers, I'll send everything in the world, but there's an upper limit and we can only develop fingers so fast Yep. and you know, we should be like, Mm -hmm. we should definitely be continuing to build this strength, but it's so easy to make that. Like I get better because my hands get stronger. It's so easy to get into that mindset and it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean there's lots of lots of coaches, lots of trainers, lots of people saying you should always be hangboarding. Mm-hmm. You should just always be a part of what you're doing. And honestly, I just don't believe that. You know, if if I'm if I'm in a phase where my finger strength is more than adequate for my goals and I'm spending time on hard boulders that are stressing my fingers, not allowing the you know, that my finger strength to regress the way that that people think of when they gasp and, oh, my God, you're not hangboarding right now. You know, your finger strength is dying as we speak. That's not happening if you're still pulling on bad holds and pulling hard on them. Mm-hmm. So I just don't believe that that's a thing, you know. So I don't allow finger strength or hangboarding to become my end goal. Or my, it's never been my primary asset, so I don't, I don't run that risk. But I know lots of people who do.
0: Yeah, no, and it's, I mean, like I said, it's an easy trap. I've, because I spent a full year chasing finger strength, and in a way, it was really cool. I got got really strong with it, but man, I lost a lot of skills along the way, mm-hmm. um, and it definitely left. Like it shifted my mindset for a few years. Of it was always like, ah, oh, like, well, what if I just like keep chasing finger strength. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that's trap. Uh, you want to run through them real quick?
0: Um, yeah. So number five was overdoing the minimum effective dose. Number four was, uh, measurability is intoxicating. Number three, climbing is a skill sport. Number two, you can get strong from climbing. And number one, finger strength becomes the primary. Goal, primary,
1: mover for improvement. Yep, and those are our top five reasons why hangboarding is overrated. And you know what I'm not going to do right now? Hmm. I'm not going to do the normal sign-off. Some of you are very happy about that because you're very angry about me always calling this red-tailed hawk an eagle. Well, to hell with you. You don't know how that red-tailed hawk identifies. Maybe she or he or whatever it is thinks that it's an eagle you don't know but i'm not going to do that sign off because we've got another episode and you should go listen to that one right now time this
0: this time this time this time this time
1: this time